Hello and welcome back to Black or Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Wheel of Time. This is Season 1, Episode 6, The Flame of Tar Valon. This episode was written by Justine Jewel Gilmer and directed once again by Sally Richardson Whitfield. And this episode of 9.3 out of 10. I really enjoyed the politics of the White Tower. I thought focusing on Moraine and her situation and the many complicated factors going on and how this world continues to expand as far as the audience for someone new like me who hasn't read the books to to um, ascertain what the stakes are and how they are affecting our characters particularly up to this point so I thought it was really well done I enjoyed of course seeing Sophie Okaneda I've been waiting for her appearance and she did not disappoint so really good episode we'll go ahead and jump directly into the recap young Suin is awakened by her father to catch fish and even young she's absolutely breathtaking helping her father burden whose one hand is missing with his fishing knots i went fishing once i absolutely hated it now i've been told by other people who fish that i just had a bad experience because they didn't take me to the right place i kind of followed this one person i was dating at some point when i was 19 and they took me out to lake Erie on the rocks it was disgusting it stunk I, I really didn't get taught how to use a fishing line just didn't seem like an experience i wanted to uh repeat anytime soon though he is cautious about her showcasing her powers her father praises the young sion is it sion i'm gonna say it like 50 different times i already know <laughs> y'all know me in names praises her proficiency with um because she clearly can channel when they get back to their home though with their catch it's burned down with a red symbol left behind i said oh lord jesus it's a fire i don't know if i've seen that symbol before but it's definitely enough to frighten her father who sends her away to the white tower knowing it's unsafe for girls like her tearfully they say goodbye in those last words i didn't write them down <laughs> but they came back at the end of this episode so i was in my feels presently that brave girl is the head of the amaryland seat everyone is breathlessly particularly moraine waiting to receive her as she walks into the room tar valar queen b there is emotions when her and moraine's eyes meet i got my eyes on and I already was figuring this out because I remembered that Suin was the name that she whispered when she was dying. So I'm like, wait a minute. Logan Ablar uh, is brought forth for judgment. Suin is Suen. Jesus, why can't I say the word? I should have just wrote it down. Suan. That's I, I should have wrote it like that in my notes. Suan is Serene. And she has his chains removed to emphasize how much he isn't a threat. Leandrin looks pretty keen on doing some murder, but I feel like that's just her face. He points out that the Ace of Dye's power is weakening as he tried to depose them 
and at any other time in history he'd been scoffed at however within a year he had an army at his back ready to attack the tower and he was able to channel without completely going mad this is all to get her riled up because he's like all anyone is going to remember is that i went against me and my army nine ace to dies and i killed one of them so this is uh definitely not received very well in the room and while suan isn't allowing his poisonous words about how he killed one of their own to uh to hold sway over her judgment tossing him aside like a failed attempt <laughs> like uh no you're gonna live out your life you're gonna be studied you're gonna be an example until eventually that madness catches up with you so you know that's what i'm gonna proclaim moraine clearly did see his point both leandrin and moraine took joy however watching him drag screaming from the room to kill him then the politics begins as leandrin is chastised for her actions after karini's death um because they're not supposed to do what they did like i'm the one that passes judgment not you i wanted this man brought before me and you did not do that you allowed your emotions to catch you up alana meaning the greens are now on leandrin's side so she's gaining support from all over the place i think she's gonna be a real problem she completely escapes her own penis by throwing moraine and her dubious and secretive ways under the bus as a blue spy she should have warned us of these threats not to mention you were in the company and traveling with a very powerful channeler one that is the most powerful we've seen for a really long time even enough to threaten uh suan's power as well so i'm we're not gonna just take the fall for this yes i was in command afterwards but technically none of this shit would have went down if it weren't for moraine and while moraine did want to sidestep leandrin's justification for street justice she chose to stand firm only to be stabbed in the back with these accusations i feel like alana did try to warn her like this is coming you have a powerful enemy here maybe not two but you got one and she has been on the move for a while now and your ass been gone for two years <laughs> when she refuses to answer suan about nynaeve or her business with her travels she is forced to kneel and beg mercy and now judgment has to be passed on her i love how leandrin completely wiggled her way out of any judgment commencing upon her ass she even threw out the fact that suan was a blue before she became the amaryllin seat thus i can't see why you would defend her because i'm just looking out for your best interests. i love the way she played this though i mean it was some smart ass shit the way she turned this whole thing <laughs> on her and while moran did get the last word in uh i can't i can't knock the fact that she walked right up into this fucking trap that's pretty good if you can get people to forget that you're supposed to be the one that's punished she confronts her after this 
And Leandrin's, look, I know, I know who you are. I know you, because apparently they have history and used to be former BFFs. And she says, I'm going to look forward to the reckoning that's coming your way tomorrow. I'm not sure what went down, but I need to know the details. Because it sounds like she bitter and mad. <laughs> but I, I, I feel like she's bitter and mad for a reason. Like she, Well, she did say she thinks she's better than everyone else. I think that that's what envy does for you. When someone else is more powerful or, or it might, you know. But it feels like Leandrin did listen to Karini. She had enough respect for her. But that's sad when those voices of reason are no longer there to maybe stop people from going down the wrong path. And this is a place of power. And there's nothing to say that once you get a little bit, you ain't going to want maybe to sit in that seat yourself one day. Moraine knows the builder is taking Nynaeve to see the boys and waits for her to leave before finding Matt herself with Juan and divesting him of the evil that he's uh, been carrying around for a month now, which is the knife. I love that she called him a stupid boy because that's exactly what he is. <laughs> and she's rather pleased that this is the cause of what is happening to him because it, it has a... A rational explanation and not the the dark one taking over so that's what her her look i think was when she was looking all relieved afterwards Rand comes and thanks her and she is concerned that if he touches that knife again he may lose lose himself to the darkness and is stronger than a normal human seeing as he seeing as he wasn't consumed by the dagger weeks ago with um with the dagger though she said the darkness was feeding off of it as much as it was feeding off of him the saving of his friend definitely pulls down the walls of trusting moraine Nynaeve returns with the builder and i'm convinced even more so that it wasn't like I, this certainly felt as if, especially later on as if um the builder never met moraine so it wasn't indeed leandrin that helped Nynaeve reunite with Rand and matt because she knows exactly what's going on Rand thanks her i uh, already went through that part Nynaeve returns and moraine chews her out for keeping her out of the loop seeing as she still distrusts her but she tells her for wisdom she needs to start acting a little bit more wise see past your own base emotions on one hand i'm tempted to defend Nynaeve here whatever the bad blood that runs deep between the Ace of Die uh, and her, it's long, right? It feels as if it's been running deeper and longer than any type of commodity that's been passed in the last few months. Not to mention, Moraine kind of has stepped into a role she herself has been in for these people. So some resentment is maybe natural. However, Nynaeve is being incredibly hostile to the one person who is, who has clearly sacrificed herself for those she cares most about. So at least give her the benefit of the doubt until, until she proves herself untrustworthy. And uh, look, <laughs> you do a lot of posturing and ain't gonna fix your situation. And at some point, that's not, that can't be your default emotion. You need to, you're going to have to 
get a little past that you've had enough time now it's been some months since you've channeled <laughs> and yes you're this great magic being and it sucks and you hate it but you also need to get the fuck over it now it's it's uh it's go time and you should look around you and see that for yourself enough to know that you need to start start owning your own damn fate the fact that they showed you being able to suss out when you're trying to when someone's trying to manipulate you or when someone's just a bad seed so for you to continue to have this uh push with moraine it's rather silly at this point now you're just acting out moraine then meets with megan in a steam room bathhouse to discuss the politics of the tower sue ann is losing power and alliances are shifting moraine is needed to permanently stay at the uh, tower while magon tracks down missing ships in the west was it the south they also sent financial compensation for the ferry that she sank <laughs> the blues are a united front but even they don't know what moraine is up to she gets a message that leads to her um finding Egwene and Perrin who has been healed by the yellow Aes Sedai that also happens to be in Leandrin's pocket I don't know why she well I guess she she doesn't because she, she's walking into a situation as Alana pointed out like two years ago <laughs> it's a lot has changed she doesn't tell them about the others being in the city however which proves in some ways Nynaeve has a right to be cautious because it's not like she is very forthcoming I did get a kick out of her little fingerish ways throughout this episode. I enjoyed watching her navigate each piece on her chessboard. Egwene is like, sign me the fuck up. She is <laughs> saluting and spilling blood for the Aes Sedai. Also, I brought these rings of our sisters incredibly down for the cause. She tells her about the experience with the white cloaks. They don't say Valdez is never going to be a problem again. Girl, you say that when he's dead. Now when he's still breathing. Perrin's wolf power concerns Moraine, who tells her to keep that on the DL as she admits no one actually knows much about the Dragon Reborn or what powers he may manifest. Moraine masks her bond with Lon. I'm sure we're going to find out a lot more about these bonds. I'm really saltine because I actually had this idea for my... <laughs> story and i've never even read the wheel of time so now i'm like uh is it gonna feel like i'm riffing if i continue to have that part of my story or do i change that as a writer what do you do if you have thoughts and ideas <laughs> i think i've talked about this before uh let me know moraine is uh not too concerned that the castle isn't safe for her or the tower isn't safe for her she's more concerned about her children and his wife it's interesting to me moraine and Nynaeve's relationship because i want to say it's one-sided all the time but i do feel as if moraine is very much unsure what to do with Nynaeve because she pointed out that she was too old but she also knew that she had some type of power so that she should just not care because you know her focus was on the dragon and then what is that <laughs> like how does that complicate their relationship the fact that they're both incredibly powerful channelers like technically she needs moraine to teach her 
because the people at the white tower sure shit ain't it but their goals when we hear her speak plainly are a little bit differing right because Nynaeve is never going to just stand by and allow Moraine to kill the people that she loves so despite once again how I was uh the earlier scene and how much I really you know was on Nynaeve for her own instincts and not being more proactive in her own fate and, and stop just being uh a prickly pear or a puffer fish I think because her and Moraine are a lot alike in some ways, maybe Moraine isn't like that anymore. But I think that that's why they butt heads so much because there there are similarities there, even if they don't want to acknowledge it, or maybe especially Nynaeve doesn't want to acknowledge it. Uh, Lon says, "Give her my love," so he totally knows what she's about to go do, and I did too. The pic she was staring at had meaning. We see as this leads to their secret. Meaning a place that resembles the home Suan grew up in. She's there waiting to chastise her lover for her actions and her forced display that she had to put on before the court. But Moraine smiles. Am I forgiven, mother? Really, nigga? I loved her response. I hate it when you call me that. Oh, and the reversal of get on your knees? You talk dirty to me. After some intimate catching up, they discuss their joint effort for 20 years to find the Dragon Reborn. So we get a little bit more answers here. Uh, she found, she lets her know she found five potentials with Nynaeve being too old. They wonder if the prophecy of a child that they both uh, are aware of may be incorrect and that the dragon is going to be split in five. Sue Ann tries to calm her exhausted lover down from the fear she wonders if maybe they should bring the other sisters in on it but sue ann says if anyone found out that they were working together they'd both be steeled since the seat must remain impartial and alone she calls her a little puffer fish waiting for her spikes to retract the dragon will join the dark one or defeat him that is at the heart of said prophecy moraine declares that she will kill them before she allows that to happen suanne has been having dreams for a while of the dark one she knows where he is and that he is weak so now is the time to strike moraine knows whomever stands between the dark one and the dragon will perish but maybe maybe not says uh, suanne suggesting that she take all five to settle it for sure because Mogain has ordered Moraine to stay at the tower, she tells Suan that she needs to punish her with exile. They both thought they'd have more time, but promised to have it in this life or the next. The next day, she prepares for the next phase in her plan. Bristly speaking of Matt in the hallway, Leandrin confronts her about the secrets she is keeping about the Two Rivers folk. And what the Amberlin seat may feel about this and her other sisters. And finally, Moraine plays her card. I've called her Moraine, Moran. <laughs> so horrible names. You would think by now I would get it together. Uh, Leandrin apparently has been sleeping with a man. And if her red sisters found out, they would murder him. So she suggests you keep that info to yourself. You can't fuck with Queen There's also mentioned that 
um moraine comes from a noble family i think that might be part of it you know some class politics or class um class uh what's the word jealousy you know you think you come from money and shit and you happen to be powerful yeah i can see that causing some problems between some people uh then she shows well she and lon meet with lowell with a proposition of his help then she shows Egwene into the white hall where she hears the amelin seat hath requested to speak with her but not before reuniting her with Nynaeve, who is speaking with Lon again. They've cooled the brakes on that relationship, and I'm okay with that. I don't think everyone needs to go OTP in the first season of a show. It's nice to build up a, a relationship, and they kind of put a lot out there in the first, you know, few <laughs> few days of them meeting. So I'm, I'm okay with shifting the perspective a little bit because i do think that we need to know way more about lon as a person and way more about Nynaeve as a person before we have before we need to see them necessarily as a couple i really like this next scene because she's sitting suan uh suan <laughs> i'm gonna get it together i swear she's sitting she doesn't even make them like kiss a ring she's not bougie she's pretty down to earth she greets both of them like oh you're the two women the two of the the five that i have <laughs> and you know she gives compliments to Egwene. well first she says you know the most powerful channeler and you see Egwene's head swell so big because she thought that really was her <laughs> she was shocked when she was talking about Nynaeve almera She's like, whoa, whoa, when did that happen? I thought it was the special one here. <laughs> and then she thanks Egwene for returning the rings and for her bravery. And I think that's that's worthy. I don't think Egwene was jealous or anything like that. She was just more like, oh, really? She really wants to be a part of this way more than, than Nynaeve was. Like, she wishes she was Nynaeve. Like, oh, bitch, why are you tripping? I'd be so lost in this right now um and i wonder if moraine is aware of this knowing that i is going to be the difficult one and Egwene's going to be able to reel that in be able to hear what she's saying to her even if Nynaeve doesn't acknowledge what she's hearing i love at first she was kind of giggling at you know oh you must not have must have low standards if i'm the greatest channel like she's trying to dim like in way one way you can see it she's trying to diminish her own um her own power her own agency here she doesn't want to be special that's the that's the last thing she wants to possibly be and she can't stand the fact that everyone keeps telling her that she's special she ain't trying to hear that so she gets back into her her prickly pear puffer fish which i'm sure really probably at that moment reminded her of moraine so that's why she giggled but then when she says now that you're done blowing smoke in my ass like okay that transition like i let you let you get the first little barb but you ain't gonna disrespect me up in my face <laughs> like oh you want to get serious let's get serious you two have a duty to perform you're gonna have to step the fuck up <laughs> this is all on you the fate of our world is on you and it's about your choices Nynaeve declines like no we don't have to do this we, we leaving then she raises one finger 
that Suane is smart enough to read what's going on with her like I don't care that you're afraid that you don't want to we don't get what we want I want to have a life full of peace love and happiness I want to have a home but that's not the choices thrown in my lap and I'm I can be mad about it or I can step up and do what needs to be done and that's what you're gonna have to do for the fate of humanity because it rests on you whether you like it or not and that's when Egwene is inclined to say, okay, what then should we do? Moraine watching, uh, you know, I think that's what probably makes her love her even more. Like the sacrifice that they're making, choosing to make despite the, the things that they themselves want. Like you don't get to be selfish in that as if everyone else, every woman here hasn't felt what you're feeling and hasn't decided to, um, to uh, uh, assimilate. <laughs> um afterwards and that's what you're gonna have to do so you can you can pretend all you want to but there's no pretending stop stop trying she leaves along with the task of making sure the two rivers group are there wherever there is as she says goodbye to her lover for the last time she swears to abide by her exile has to swear on a stick and repeat the words or she repeats her oath Using the last words her father said to Suen as she saw him for the last time. As she banishes her true love for life. And this was very emotional for me. I don't know how. I don't know if that one chick that was the, the doom boom chick. The one that was the, the, what do you call those people? I don't know. But she looked like she had a look on her face like, what's that kiss on the ring all about? That felt more intimate than it needed to be. <laughs> and we know that. Varys over there, aka Leandrin, got her little spies too. Well, I guess she would be Littlefinger and Moraine would be Varys. Because one was definitely more on the up and up than the other. She rides out to the destined meeting place where they all finally unite. Only to be told that they are going through the ways, which is the quickest way to the eye, which holds the prison of the Dark One. She admits, okay, yeah, so I wasn't forthcoming because I didn't trust y'all at first. But now, uh, look, any of y'all could be the dragon. I don't fucking know which one it is. But let me tell you what's going to happen if the Dark One takes over. Them Trollocs you saw eating in your village, that's the beginning of it. The world will be covered in darkness. Trollocs will eat everyone. And then on the dust of that world will reborn, rebirth another world. And it's all fucking real sad, so... Like, no more games, y'all. No more games. <laughs> and then Matt gonna yell out, Can we change our minds? The wheel weaves as the wheel... As the wheel... Wheel, wheel? Is that what she said? I don't know. I think I messed up that quote. But he was already looking so, like, mm, I don't know about this. <laughs> Especially when they let the horses go. She's like, what happens to the people that... You know, can't defeat him. I, I, I ain't got no... I, we finding out together. <laughs> At least you being honest. <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck's about to happen. She opens the doorway. I was happy that Lil was joining them. She's lighting some torches. Everyone decides. Even Nynaeve didn't back talk. Decided to go on up them steps. This is my fate. Except Matt. Who said... Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. 
Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out. And that concludes our episode. Um, I just went online and I just happened to sl- the, to go right past this. Um, this is someone's actual quote on episode six. I love Moraine. I bet Leandrin is meeting that merchant dude because that somehow made any type of sense whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> this is the, 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 I love Sue Ann. She has beautiful clothes because that's what made that character interesting. Um, <laughs> Uh, the the one that I'm really like, um, Nynaeve is so arrogant. Why won't she shut up? Hold up, I'm busy killing these bitches. And I love Matthew Guy. So I mean, he he responded with, you know, one of his favorite moments was Moraine shutting down Nynaeve, and I, I don't disagree there. Like her her attitude was totally unwarranted. <laughs> But I don't think that's that's a, a reason for her to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Nor do I think that, that she's arrogant in that moment. One, and that's how I responded. I'm not even going to lie. I just I said she isn't arrogant. She's in denial and prickly. And she is out of her depth and terrified, thus lashing out. Black women snap and immediately they are difficult bitches, arrogant, etc., Try looking beyond one's own bias of how people act under stress and learn what arrogant means. And then I responded to Matthew. Because <laughs> that set me the fuck off. Because I know that he was not mean. <laughs> um, difficult in that particular statement. And I just, you know, I said, look, I thoroughly love that scene too. But that is that not equivalent to arrogance. And I sometimes feel that people are purposely blind to black women's emotions because it's easier once they are contrary, particularly around the white protagonist, to make them the villains. Stop it. Stop. This is the same thing I was talking about in The Expanse. I mean, people are really losing their shit. Luckily, the, pe- the sane ones are like, uh, one, y'all have some really fucking shitty memories about what goes down in tv shows i get it it's like a year between them maybe you're just not that much of a fan that you followed the whole entire arc all the way through maybe you missed some things but it cracks me up because everybody's talking about how you know she tried to kill jim if you watch the expanse and i'm like y'all y'all literally have amnesia and forgot when she had her physically in a fucking mech chuck hold <laughs> like that shit just didn't happen like wow I need y'all to, to, to know these things before, or at least research them to see people don't try. Because once they get it, once a black character is contrary to a Caucasian character, they are automatically the problem. And the thing is, she has a reason to be skeptical. You know, I, I'm not saying I agree with her actions. I'm not saying, but I'm not saying that they aren't unwarranted. Moraine ain't telling nobody shit. And that's why she in the situation that she got into at the end of the episode. So, you know, I love all of the characters. I love the complications. I love that people aren't perfect. I hate this idea 
that my protagonist needs to hit this box and this box and this and flaws they need to be understandable flaws for me to copy people are so fucking complicated but they're not allowed to be especially if you are a woman of color i this it's the hardest job in fucking america to get some people to understand the perspective of a black woman it's just it's just it's it's, it's very disturbing but with that i will jump into the feedback So first up is an email. I get to read. It's been a while. <laughs> From our friend P. Locklear, who comes through with, Hey, Christina, and happy holidays. Hope you and all your listeners are doing well. We have definitely been enjoying some good TV. That's for sure. Amen. Hallelujah. I haven't read the Wheel of Time books, so keep in mind my perspective comes from a newbie angle. While I am, jo- while I am enjoying uh the show because i have no ex oh which i am enjoying because i have no expectations from the show there we go uh i'm not a book reader either so i i only know what the show is trying to tell me the episode was good to me i am glad the children are all together again i hate when packs get separated in shows and they take an entire season or two to reunite i was hoping that Egwene giving moraine the rings would have had more impact to the episode but i guess not yeah i will say like, they could have at least had a ceremony and, and let her put the rings in the fucking little fire thing. Because <laughs> I do feel as if that, that was symbolic. That seems to be a bit of a letdown. Maybe they will come back around to it. Seems like it should have should have some sort of significance. Finally, Moraine and Lon get to Matt and his devilish ways. I am glad she was able to rid him of that evil that he had tagging along with him. I am confused about him and Ran. Did Ran know that he had the uh, that knife the whole time? Apparently, no one did. I thought he did. I, nope, he never showed it in front of him, except when he was staring at the one person. But other than protecting yourself, you wouldn't have thought too much of it. Like, why you got a dagger? Oh, you're pointing at a guy that's threatening you. Maybe I was wrong, but he seemed shocked when Matt pulled out the knife to attack Moraine. I don't think that power is the same as the dragon power that they keep referring to. Agreed. I think the bad juju that Matt was channeling was definitely something powerful in its own right from the cursed city. I think that spirit was in control and protecting itself when they encountered the fade in that house in the earlier episode. Can we talk about Egwene and Nynaeve? <laughs> I love how you do the nine and the eve. That's great. I should actually start doing that in my notes. Because I just spell it a whole bunch of weird ways in my notes. Nynaeve always has this strewed look on her face. A mix between a pouty child, a sad person, and an angry woman. I'm tired of that look. But perhaps that's her character. It's been dragging on on too long for me. I understand she has a mistrust of the Aes Sedai. But okay, let's move on. She was shocked when Moraine called her out on her shit though. You call yourself a wisdom, then you better start acting like you have some. I'll pause right there because you make good points. It's not to say that, and I'm not excusing, I think I was very clear on that. <laughs> that wasn't really on, I can see it from both sides, but uh, 
predominantly Moraine definitely needed to give her that speaking to. And while she doesn't, you know, she's not going to go up to her and be like, yeah, you were right. There was, there seemed to be at least some acceptance by the end of the episode. I do think that she's not going to easily lose that um, protective, uh, very, like, it feels as if the world, we don't know her full story, right? We know that her parents were killed when she was younger. We know her village was attacked. We know she was rejected by the people who should have been protecting her which is these Aes Sedai if maybe she had shown some powers when she was younger I don't know but I do feel but I do get I should say you know wanting the character to come to to move to the next stage of their evolution right we know how good she is and how capable she is it can be frustrating watching her uh, retreat, but that, once again, that's a human flaw to be upset about the current situation that you're in and not be happy about it. And yes, I think it's fine to say, hey, can you maybe get over that? Get that look off your face. I love to see you smile every once in a while. <laughs> Seem like you're having a good time, but it's been stressful. So... I'm with I'm with both. I, I I totally get that feeling of it. Uh, so I'll leave that there. When the girls had their meeting with Suan Sanch, Egwene fell headfirst into the compliments. I was cracking up watching her head swell, only for the bubble to be burst. No, ma'am, you could not have thought that she was referring to you as being the most powerful thing in the last thousand years. Yeah. I mean, but she's the only one that Moraine pulled aside. So you can see why she kind of thought that. <laughs> she wants to be the dragon. She seems like she wants to have this purpose in her life. Per the usual, the most powerful person in the room is the one who is in denial of their power or wants to reject it. Don't tell me in the tell me I'm the biggest, baddest bitch in the room because my response would be, hell yeah, and don't forget it. <laughs> um... I don't know. I feel like I, 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 mm, mm, mm. I don't. I don't think I would have that reaction. <laughs> I just. I'd be. I kind of empathize a little bit with. Absolutely not. As someone who loves being in the background, putting me in the spotlight. Fuck that. Nope. Nope. <laughs> that would be. That would be hell on earth. Actually, I think I'm. Maybe that's why I can see it from Naive's perspective because I'm that introvert. Like, yeah. I like doing my thing in the peripheral. Do not put me on center stage. I need more info on Perrin and his wolf gene because I am totally going off of the same lore from the originals in the Vampire Diaries. He unlocked the curse when he killed his wife. I think Mimi has the same idea. Also, let's go back to him killing his wife. They were having some tension and when she died, she held her stomach. So I'm over here adding two plus two and I'm gonna jump to 10. My theory is that the two of them were at odds because she was pregnant. Maybe she wanted the baby and he didn't. Maybe he knew he carried some wolf out powers and didn't want to have kids and pass it on to them. I might be a reach. It might be a reach, but that's where I'm at it with this storyline. Uh, that's a theory. That I, we, we don't have no answers. I don't know why she was marked up. That's what I want to know. 
and lastly maybe she was they was into some rough sex like they get into sex like he seems once his emotions take over maybe he was putting that good dick on her and then like grabbed on her arm too much and then he started woofing out so she's like it ain't your fault baby but at the same time he's thinking i fucked you up girl look at all them scars <laughs> that's my theory he was sticking her down too <laughs> definitely better than because I, I just don't believe the abuse angle of it so there's something going on and they need to go ahead and tell us and lastly matt uh matt he gave us true matt energy at the end one could argue that he didn't go through the portal and stayed behind as a way to protect his friends from himself bullshit but i know matt <laughs> stayed behind to protect himself probably like let me just not be involved i'm good yeah he been trying not to be involved from the get-go i did love when pairing his first words to him like oh how are you doing the person that fucking stole a magic like you always the one i feel like that's <laughs> if anyone's gonna be causing problems it's gonna be him and maybe that's why too but no i feel like he's been trying to get back home since the beginning he's like y'all got all these candidates it probably isn't me so let me be on my way if that means he's gonna hook back up with um my gilf i'm cool with that i forgot his name all the time two characters in the show i enjoy lorraine did you mean moraine or did you mean Lorraine? <laughs> i love her sarcastic but strong-willed character she played a very similar role in hulu's harlots she was a badass and didn't take any shit from a man i would like to see more of her in this show especially now that we know she has some secrets she out <laughs> she out here hiding a whole booty call she is while the rest of her clan hating men moraine was calling everyone out uh out this episode oh did you mean did you mean did you just mean no you didn't mean Moraine. okay never mind <laughs> i thought i was thought because your next one goes into uh sophie and my my next favorite sophie okaneda okanado I just love her. She is playing this double role, the head bitch in charge and the lover, the plot thickens. I didn't see that coming at all. I did when she was whispering her name. You know, I was like, who's still in? <laughs> that was the first thing in my notes when she said it. And then when they said that her first name, because they kept saying Amberlyn Seat, but when they said Sue Ann, I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I was shocked and yet the storyline works. I like it. I do too. Can't wait to hear your review. Until next episode, peace out in Black Girl Magic. And that is from our friend P. Locklear. I'm glad you're still enjoying the show. And I hope to hear from you in the next feedback. On to some audio. Are we going to do any, mini miny mo again? Because I never remember who goes first. Let's just go by who sent in the feedback first. <laughs> so let's hear what Queen Mimi has to say. What up, Stina? It's Mimi. This is my feedback for Wheel of Time, Season 1, Episode 6. This was another great episode. We, I feel like we learned a lot about uh, Moraine. Um, I still have issues trusting her. I didn't trust her from the beginning. Um, if I'm being honest, I just I was with Rand the whole time. It's like you show up here and then these demons show up and we're supposed to just believe you i i'm still on that fence i do understand that sometimes telling people 100 percent of the truth isn't always beneficial 
Um, when you weigh the lives of five people, actually you count seven if you consider Lan and Moraine are going in there too. So if what she says is true and everybody else dies except the dragon, they're sentencing themselves to death too. So I guess, you know, seven versus the world, it's really not a choice. Um, but I do feel like she should tell them the truth. But I can understand, like, you can't risk them not joining and um I'm just gonna skip right to the end Matt is such a pussy like I knew he wasn't gonna fucking go I ain't mad at him I understand it like I'm not (laughs) saying he's wrong because anybody with any kind of observational skills like the bare minimum could have looked at Moraine is it Moran Moraine why am I saying her name wrong all of a sudden Moraine and tell that she was withholding information the way her and Lan looked at each other when they were like what happens to the rest of us that aren't the dragon and she's like hmm oh it's hard to know like you could tell she was not telling the truth like it was pretty fucking obvious and Matt being who he is I'm not surprised he didn't go I can't say that I blame him the rest of them are probably just realized like at this point we probably don't have a choice like it's either we because she did tell him what would happen if they didn't defeat the dragon especially or the dragon the dark one if the dragon didn't defeat the dark one while he's weak basically the world's gonna just die you know and everybody you're gonna love is gonna die anyway so it's either you risk your life to save the world or the world dies and you die with it so it's really not a choice so i i get why they went um but i also understand why matt didn't go he's a coward um he really he's very selfish he has this guise of being a good guy i'm doing this for my sisters no no you're not i i don't believe it the people like you are innately selfish you hide behind this plausible excuse when the truth of the matter is you're very selfish and you only think about yourself because if you were really doing anything for your your sisters you would be willing to get a regular job and not think you're too good like not stealing from dick tom and harry to pay sam like it i know that's not the saying i don't remember how it goes but you know what i'm saying like he he isn't doing anything for his sisters he's doing it for himself and he's doing it the easy way and I really I really am not surprised he looked just stayed there and his friends should have known when he didn't move like they were really far away from him and they were like Matt Matt the gates closed and he was just looking at it. he literally said is it too late to change our minds <laughs> or and then or is it too late to go back and they're like there is no turning back and he was like bitch i beg to differ so he showed her i don't know what this means like i don't think he's the dragon um but well you know because what i was thinking is what if all of them are like it makes sense um nanave 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 is the older one and she is the one that they all look to she would be the brains behind the operation the wisdom you know like an elder wisdom and then the dragon like i wish i knew traits 
of the dragon because I feel like you know ev- like if you think about it like okay every everybody has a dark side Matt is like the dark side of the dragon um and maybe that's the the prophecy maybe it changed because they realized that no one human can have all this power you need you need something to I guess anchor you too good and Matt's the dark side of all human beings Nynaeve is the wisdom um I guess Rand would be strength um Gwen is courage and let me see what Perrin would be um determination I don't know I think I might need to work that out maybe 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 he would be courage courage to keep going after you really really fuck up because <laughs> that's that's a really big fuck up that he did accidentally killing his wife i don't know i'm gonna work on that um because i just watched the episode and i just want to get this going because i gotta work tomorrow and probably gonna sleep all day gotta go get Derek a haircut and then go to his soccer game and then i'm gonna leave his soccer game and go straight to work so i'm just trying to get all this out now um i i loved how we got to meet i know you've been talking about sophie for forever she was in that other show that i stopped watching what was it called huh started with the c i can't even think of it clout no that wasn't it i'm not even gonna hurt my brain trying to figure out i know i didn't told you how this december has got my mind all messed up i'm, I'm gonna blame the holidays anyway um i did love her you know being queen of the Isa died <laughs> I'm not even gonna try and pronounce what they call her because at this point I know my brain ain't even gonna work it out um but I love how um we find out that um Lorraine is Habuthang as soon as I saw her walk through the like the door that she created and I saw her sitting there I was like they fucking show is show is um, I love that we got to see that there's like groups because I remember uh, Shy pointed it out about the different uh, subcategories, if you will, of the Isodide. And I was like, I knew there was red, but I didn't notice that they were wearing other colors. But then like now we saw that there's a blue group, which I guess they're in charge of like um, secrets, intel. Um, then you got the red, which we just call the men haters. Um side note um what is her name lori loridan loring oh my god what what the f the girl in the red the blonde with the super serious jawline she oh my god that whole like incident like when she was just being a little snitch i was like what is she playing at she's such a petty little bitch and i really thought it was funny when she was like don't make me tell them about the guy you see and she just sat there with her mouth open (laughs) i don't think though like she's too much of a like a man hater like i just don't think that the the man that she's that she sees in wherever town i don't think it's like a romantic thing i don't know why i got the vibe that it was like a brother maybe even a younger brother and you know i i'm just 
I'm just sure her past made her the way that she was because she fucking hates men I feel like she wouldn't even want a penis by her (laughs) and if it was just a fuck buddy like how much she hates men I would be like she probably would be like okay tell him I don't give a fuck so I did it just seemed like it was familial um the relationship that she had with that guy it just seemed like it couldn't have been just a fuck buddy because she wouldn't give a shit um but she really got on my nerve the way she was acting like why are you being a snitch she she's sitting alive for you talking about some there was nothing you could do we were gonna die or whatever and she's like you did that for yourself um so maybe but i could have told the truth for myself too she oh she gets on my nerves snake oh Nanive was so right she is an absolute snake can't stand her um but we got the blue red yellow um green white and gray we didn't really see much of the uh white and the gray but green was the color of the lady who's uh moraine's friend who's always eating some fruit i don't know what her obsession with fruit is i forget what her name is but she got the two um baby daddies <laughs> i forget what they're called uh warden wardens <laughs> not baby daddies you knew what i meant hello boo things um and then we saw the blue um the little irish lady or maybe she was scottish she sounded like the the chick from brave i don't know where she's from anyway um she definitely um seems like like that group seems like they travel a lot so that explains why she's one of them and then we find out that um i wrote down her name because they we got her backstory and now i can't even remember how to say sue ann no that wasn't it oh god the the lady in charge sophie's character i wrote down the name and i should have wrote how to say it instead of wrote it out how it was spelled I hate when I do that um but you know we got to see her with her dad and they burned her house down and she had to go live with the Aes Sedai and now she's running the place um and then at the end when she got exiled and she called uh, her and Moraine called her what her dad called her saying you know clever strong as a river I was like wow yeah don't nobody see the softness in these two cake eaters over here sweetening everything up with the the lovesick puppy eyes tearing up nobody noticing that (laughs) okay (laughs) all right they was giving everything all away i think it was really hurtful though the way they all had to turn their back on her as she left like you can't even see your friend off like that's so (laughs) effed up I don't know. I know the Aes Sedai are supposed to be like good people, but the more I meet them, I mean, but I I guess that's just human nature. Like they're still human, whether they have powers or not. And, you know, people with power aren't always 100% good. Nobody is like people are gray. So I guess it makes sense that the Aes Sedai would be (laughs) petty like that. Um, What else? Um i think that's all i got i really really like this episode and i i can't wait to see what happens now that they are going you know looking for the dark lord or whatever um seeing what they're gonna encounter i do hope we get some more interaction between lan and nanib because 
I really, truly enjoyed their their interaction and and they're the ship that I didn't never I never knew I wanted um and the fact that I think I know that um Moraine is like turned off her bond because she was about to get it on with her girl but I honestly feel like she turned it off because I think she kind of wants Lan and Nanive together um speaking of Nanive I love how she (laughs) was so uh like dismissive of like moraine and all them she just she does not give a shit about them and it's it's pretty funny she's kind of petty with it um i i however want to talk about the fact that like i i'm not sure why uh moraine is so like she's so determined to like do things her own way like why she didn't tell Egwene that you know bran and matt were there and you know Matt had it like it seems like it all came out at some point but I'm just curious why she's doing it the way she's doing it it's just I know she's trying to keep secrets and I'm sure there's a reason but I just I just don't trust her and I feel like there's something even her her girlfriend don't know that she's hiding and I'm sure it's gonna come out and maybe it'll make sense why she's hiding it you know, I'm sure it might be for a reason and she might not be as bad as I'm thinking, but I just, I, there's just something missing here. And I just, I feel like whatever it is that she's not saying is going to be bad and we're not going to like it and it's going to make us not like her, but I guess only time will tell. So I'll end here until next time. Love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. That was Queen Mimi with her thoughts on the episode. Had me cracking up in some spots. Uh... So I'm going to go just from the last note to the first note. I I do think there is something. God, I can never not hit my keyboard. I do think there is something. I think there's definitely something more she ain't saying. Uh, I wonder. I don't think she's hiding it from. They just seem like they're in collusion together. Like this is something maybe they have been pursuing for a very long time. And uh, it seems to be based on something that's happened in the past that that put them on this path. So, yeah, I think you're right. Something that that we don't know yet. I don't think it's going to mean she's going to be on the outs with us. But I guess time will tell. Um, You're right. You know, it's it's just like any other political power, any other government. uh, You know, they have checks and balances on each other. They definitely have put that out there but power i mean you're, you're gonna you have a job to do you have things that you're gonna do your your organization so of course they're gonna have the natural intrigue of any organization doesn't mean that they're good or evil it just means they're playing politics uh cake eaters that's hilarious and hysterical because they really were giving it all away i don't know <laughs> that's why i said Did that one chick peep something because i know i would have been like and did you see when she passed the baton and she slowly struck her feet? Mm. Uh, I could see where you're going with the reds if it's not a lover because you're right. She doesn't seem like like she would be the one to sleep with a man at all. Uh, but why would the Aes Sedai care? Why would the reds care if it was a brother, friend, child? What I don't know what it could other you know categories could be. Why would they care unless it was... Uh, even though they hate men they seem to hate men channel and well yeah maybe men in general but like 
It's not like he can help you related to. Uh, and Slack is the show that you're thinking of. <laughs> I knew immediately. Because I ended up finishing it. And she did a, a wonderful job. Because I don't know if it's going to the third season. I never did a, a, a wrap up review. So if they announce the third season. I'll, I'll do a wrap up review. Because I actually did enjoy. The way the rest of that season played out. I just wanted to binge it. And what if Harry Potter proved anything. One person can't do it alone. You need anchors as you pointed out. So that could be what they are to each other. That there is only one dragon. And that it's his anchors. Or that, that it's going to to keep him on the side where he doesn't join the dark one i don't know what could happen for that to happen i still got my money on ran unless the show decides to break it up and it is all five of them <laughs> and last but certainly not least if anything is a good uh matt deciding to stay is a good juxtaposition against Nynaeve wanting to bail earlier because despite her instinct just like him to like i don't want fucking nothing to do with this i'm not impressed with you guys she is willing to be selfless and as you pointed out matt is willing to be selfish and yet you know how many people in the comments talked about matt being selfish not many because it's under as you pointed out it's understandable i don't want to be involved in this but at the same time if you're telling me if i don't do what i have to do here everyone i love is gonna die and you still uh stand out there that's when you know you're a piece of shit <laughs> understandable or not you know in that moment that you're a piece of shit i mean everybody doesn't have the power to change events to be told you have that power or possibly to have that power to do some significant amount of good yeah you gotta rise up so while naive may have been prickly about the fact that she had to rise up at least she did it but that's never pointed out is it uh, <laughs> I'm still bitter over this comment online. It's my fault. Should have never read it. So that is, uh, that is Mimi's thoughts on the episode. And we have all this lovely feedback. One more from our queen, Shy. Let's hear what she has to say about this episode. Hey, Christina. It's me, Shy. I am here to give my feedback for The Will of Time, episode six. I enjoyed this episode. And... A little bit less emotional than the last one but there was still some emotional moments and moments that tugged at my heartstrings still um, especially in the beginning um, with the uh, Suan and her father um, that was sad I was in my feels right away I was like man please don't let this be another episode with me bawling the whole time so I just can't take it that's two episodes in a row um, so that was sad that they um, made it to where she couldn't live in peace in her little fishing village. And they burned down her her house, her and her dad's house. And then her dad had to send her away to keep her safe. Um, didn't go with her because, he, you know, this that was where he belonged. And she belonged at the White Tower. And she was powerful. And he felt like that was where she was meant to be so he sent her off so that was sad um of course i was trying to figure out who this person was in the story and then we find out and then i think the next scene that she ended up being the head of the Aes Sedai. um i forget what her title is uh i didn't write any notes so i'm just just not gonna remember <laughs> so but i loved you know this episode for giving 
given me what I've been wanting to see a little bit more of. And that's what the Aes Sedai is about, what that whole culture is, um, um, what, what it all means and what, what is, how did they, how does it fall into, um, this whole story? Um, like we're hearing about them, but this is now we get to see what the hierarchy is, what the, what the, the politics that Moran talked about in the last episode with the different factions, I'll just call them that with red, yellow, I think we saw white too, um, green and, um, and blue. So, and then of course it was very interesting to learn that Suan was a, a blue at one point. So that was, that was, um, interesting to learn as well as the very surprising, pleasantly surprising relationship between Suan and Moran, because I I did not see that coming whatsoever. <laughs> that one took me by surprise. I'm like, what? <laughs> when that happened? Because um, at first, when Lan was like, uh, Lon, let's say Lan, Lon was like, you know, tell her, give her my love. I, for some reason, you know, when uh, they were showing the little, little, whatever window thing that she was opening the person inside I thought it was her mother <laughs> that's what I was, like is she going to see like her, her mother or her grandma like I that's what my mind immediately went to I did not suspect that she was going to see um Suan am I saying her name right Suan Suan anyway Suan I'm gonna say Suan um, so that was a very interesting twist. And then come to find out they have this little, you know, deal or dealings going on behind the scenes. They're trying to find out something or do something or make something happen that in, involves the dark one. Um, they have this long, um, beautiful history together as lovers uh, I thought that was very, very nice and interesting twist to it all because, again, I did not see that coming. I already knew her and her and Lon didn't have that type of of relationship. They had a bond, but it wasn't a romantic bond. So I already knew that from you know. Obviously, they got in a tub together, both of them naked, and didn't even think much about it. So. Um, I wonder, along with obviously her title and, you know, their positions in life, I wonder if that and the fact that they're gay um, or lesbians is also forbidden because that's I mean, I don't know what the times I would think that, you know, these are times of past. So I would think that that would be a no, no in that time as well. But that wasn't clearly stated um but yeah that could be possibly another reason why their relationship would be frowned upon and need to be kept a secret all right then we have all the peoples ended up getting together um like i said we see the politics anyone else uh was very irritated with uh leandrin i'm like is that the, the red one i'm like heffa please I mean, throwing Moran under the bus, trying to deflect from her responsibilities and her accountabilities by trying to um, lay out 
Moran and her and the suspicions of her dealings and calling her out I was not happy with that scene and then the fact that Moran was the one even though it was agreed upon between her and Swin um in private but they don't know that so I'm like okay so she gets judged and yet y'all gonna let her go Leandrin so her deeds go unpunished as well I'm like hmm I find that interesting so she her little ploy must have worked because we don't know what happened to her we don't know what her punishment was unless it occurred after Moran's so that was I was just not happy and then I was glad to be right about something in regards to that dark knife the knife that uh had the the dark evil magic whatever that Matt had taken uh, we see which was a cool scene um moran taking that dark evil out of him and i think you said it christina about you know darkness attracting darkness um and so that was something that moran had brought up as well that even though she took it out of him there was a, and it was since it was in him for so long and which i and i also appreciated the fact that um you know she still implied that you know there was something about matt um to strengthen him because any a lesser person would have succumbed a long time ago but because he has whatever special power he has he was able to um, hold out a lot longer than the average person so very curious about that of course, I was frustrated when you know, they all went to go seek out the Dark One in their journey that they just they see Matt questioning whether or not he wants to go. And they know how he is. He doesn't have a strong commitment when it comes to doing these types of things. Yet everyone just walks on up there and just leaves him for last. And then, of course, they get all, you know, screaming and hollering his name when in like in surprise that he's still, you know, stayed behind. I'm like he's not that dude you, you're gonna have to encourage him especially when you see that he was questioning whether or not they could change their mind when moran gave them the speech about how she doesn't know who's gonna survive if they're gonna survive and all that stuff but i will say this and i think mimi mentioned this about um i think mimi did and i'm and i know we are all under the impression that under the thoughts that it might be Rand that would be the Dragon Reborn. But I'm still thinking that they all play a key role. Because the way they're making it sound. And the way Moran and uh, Soan was saying. Is that only the Dragon Reborn will survive this journey. But I'm thinking that not, might not be the case. I'm thinking they're all strong in their own way. With their own powers. That they together, I mean, there might be one ultimate one. Maybe Rand is the ultimate one. But I think, I don't think they're all going to die in this quest to find the actual one. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like they're close for a reason. And there is them for a reason. They have this bond for a reason. And it's going to come into play when it comes to defeating the Dark One. So I'm not of the, I'm not of the idea that everyone else has to die well end up dying in the process of the dark the dragon reborn defeating the dark one so that's just what i'm at right now with that but i'm really enjoying this show i really am I'm so glad that this is another show that you guys introduced me to 
because I am I'm just loving it I just I'm just so engaged with it a part of me wants to read the books but I'm not gonna have time to do that anyway um I think I'm gonna leave it at that I didn't take any notes I think I said that already so there's stuff that I don't that I'm not remembering I'm sure but again that's what you're for Christina to give your lovely recap on the episode and all that good stuff and I can always talk offline if I have questions so so next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch shy that was queen shy with her thoughts on the episode so i'm glad you are enjoying this show uh, i'm gonna do the exact same thing start from my last note to my first um i don't think any of them are going to die i, I, don't, I don't think anybody's about to die so i'm, I'm totally with you uh i think those two river folks whatever is in their genes from the old world they're just ingrained or inclined to, to supernatural influence and and that's just something that's in their blood and uh yeah i think that's it that they're not gonna be easy to take down and if they are then that knee will just heal them if they get fucked up so <laughs> we already know she can she can mega heal Matt's, and that's when she met Lon five days ago. So for her friends, definitely. Matt said it in a way. I will say, like, why did everybody? Uh, yeah, why, why was everybody screaming at? To be play devil, devil's advocate here, because I think I've given my feelings about it for why they reacted the way they did. I mean, he did make his way all the way to the White Tower. You know, he could have booked a long time ago. So they don't know his journey. Uh, and he said it in a way like, oh, you know, I'm not serious, but I am. Like, can we change our mind? <laughs> now that we heard all this bad news as a way to lighten up, you know, this terrible news that here in the way. But it, be real. You don't expect your, fa- your friend to abandon you. <laughs> After all the shit we went through, you're just, just deuces. You hear, I mean, you've gotten this far on the journey and then you're just like, fuck it. I'm done. I quit. I'm out. I'm not going any further. So yeah, I mean, from a friendship perspective, you don't expect your friend to be, and and maybe he never got tested. Maybe that's what they never like. They always it's okay to ignore his selfish traits when we're in a small little village, but they probably never really thought, hey, if it really came down to it, he would be a pussy. So I'm, I I could see them being a little shocked. And girl, everybody knew that the knife. You told me my, my theory was right. Everybody knew that damn knife was responsible. <laughs> there was a direct correlation to events. <laughs> Not much to even speculate on. Uh, I will say, yeah, Leandrin is annoying, but that girl do know how to play her cards, and she played them right. So I, I, I got to be depressed despite it all, because she sure did. Side sidestep that that punishment coming her way. I think because she was outside the door, she was gonna get called in next, but it wasn't gonna be to the extreme, and that's what she wanted. I I don't think she was just getting out of her punishment. It was, as she said, you deserve a reckoning. It's two years. You haven't like you've been distrustful. There's something going on. There's this huge threat. Like you're our spy. You're supposed to be giving us intel. And yet, look how far things have progressed. And you can't even account for why it is that, uh, you you know, what you've been doing. So, I mean, she played her right in the place that 
she was most vulnerable and quite frankly alana was trying to warn her about this and it did seem as if moraine was kind of thrown so uh hey <laughs> and my take just my take i don't think their sexuality matters in this world i think it boils down to the fact that the amarillin seed is is not supposed to be compromised or have any interpersonal relationships with any of the Aes Sedai so that she remains objective thus they're a secret relationship because they're not even supposed like she herself the seat is not supposed to be in a relationship uh so I think that's I, I think them sleep like their sexuality that that wouldn't even matter uh and lastly I saw red blue green beige and yellow not sure about white i didn't think white because that's the white cloaks and then they have those yeah white cloaks so <laughs> that's why i didn't think it was the whites for there was no one white in there but i also could go back to the scene there was people in white so that's just what i caught uh and that's the that's the last of my notes for this episode and it's the last of our feedback too so if you want to send feedback on our next episode blackgirlcouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well remember to like share subscribe until next time peace hair grease and black girl magic